1: Johnny Dollar. Harvey Tilson, Mr. Dollar. Tilson? Yes, sir. Tri-Mutual Insurance Company. Yes? I hold down the office here in Uniontown, Pennsylvania. Oh, I see. Well, what can I do for you, Mr. Tilson? Well, if you're free, I wish you'd come on down here. What's the problem? I want to be sure we don't pay out a lot of insurance to the wrong person. What kind? Straight life. Well, how much, Mr. Tilson? $1,200,000. What? $1,200,000. Can you take it on? Sure can. CBS Radio brings you Bob Reddick in the exciting adventures of the man with the action packed expense account, America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Special Investigator Johnny Dollar to the Tri-Mutual Insurance Company Limited Uniontown office. Following is an account of expenses incurred during my investigation of the wrong sign matter. (laughs) It was late afternoon when Harvey Tilson called me. It was a good deal later before I could arrange for some awkward plane connections from Hartford to New York to Pittsburgh, PA. Plane fare is item one. $29.40. $29.40. Because of a long stopover in New York, it was gone by the time we hit the landing strip at the Greater Pittsburgh Airport. <coughs> item two is seventy for some early breakfast. And item three is the usual 50 bucks deposit in a rental car. I took my time driving 45 miles down Route 5 to Uniontown. And there I found that Tilson's office is in the Fayette Title and Trust building, which also houses radio station WNBS. By way of killing time, until Harvey got into his office, I talked to some of the boys there at WMBS, including Bill Freeze of the News Bureau. Anything in my line ever happened around these parts, Bill? Uh, like maybe Mrs. John Stacy Minot's death wasn't so natural after all? Well, now, what does that mean? Oh, come on now, dollar Why else would Bob Tilson send for somebody like you? What, well, are you saying that she was murdered? Well, wouldn't you murder an old dame like that for a million dollars insurance? I mean, if you could make sure that I would be able to pin it on you, wouldn't you? Well, now, Bill... Well, I mean, I... Don't mean you, Dollar. No, thanks. Just whom do you mean? I mean that new secretary, that Danny Pringle. Mrs. Minor, secretary? Yeah, yeah, Danny Pringle. Handled her correspondence, her investments, her stocks and bonds, paid her bills, that sort of thing. He was the only person, Dollar, who could possibly know everything, and I do mean everything, about all her affairs. And Danny Pringle? Yeah, and if he didn't somehow persuade her, um. Uh, force her. To change her will at the last minute and leave everything to him, I'll leave my shirt, initials and all. You, uh, know this Pringle pretty well? Well, I know all I need to about him. Put it that way. But you have no proof that he killed Mrs. Miner. Proof? No. No, but figure it out, dollar uh, Why would a smart cookie like him tie up with a decrepit old dowager like her in the first place? Now, he's not one of these la de male secretary types, if you know what I mean. Believe me. Well, so maybe she paid him well. Her? Uh, I mean she? <laughs> Don't kid yourself. She was so tight, sister. Well, do you know that her niece, Dora, Dora minot that's her only living relative, that Dora's had to play housekeeper and nurse and everything else for the old lady all these years and for nothing? And all because it saves the old lady a few bucks not having to hire a nurse? And Mrs. Minot has left Dora mm-hmm. Not according to this new will they found. Everything, Dollar, and most of it, the insurance, everything goes to Danny Pringle. And you think he killed her for it, huh? And to keep it from going to Dora, who really deserves it. Oh, uh, Bill. Uh, yeah. Two minutes. Yeah, right, thanks, Rod. No, uh, i Bill. Mm-hmm. Tell me, what is your beef against Danny Pringle? You really want to know? Yes. Nothing. Nothing at all. It, it's just that... Well, if he gets away with this, if he gets all that money... Well, it's wrong, that's all. Well, that's all. Huh? Well, what do you mean by that? Anything else to tell me about this thing, then? No. Yeah. Yeah, plenty. But I just got to do a news broadcast. I'm on the air in just a minute. Yeah, sure. Don't let me keep it. Now, listen now. Uh, After you've seen Harp Tilton, well, maybe you want to talk some more about this, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I will. Yes, Dolly, you're right. Bill has been working hard to get this Danny Pringle held for murder. I see. Why? Well, I agree with him. Pringle had plenty of reason for wanting her dead. He made no bones about it. The only reason he took a job with that container old crowing was in the hope of latching on to some of her money. Most of it's insurance. Yeah, so I understand. And now that we've found out that she'd suddenly made a new will cutting off her niece, Dora. Well, how is is there any real evidence that Bill could be right, that Pringle might have killed Mrs. Minard? Dr. Hugo Besson, one of the finest pathologists in this part of the country... Examined the body and said that she died of natural causes. Oh? Doesn't Bill know that? He knows it, all right. Then well, why does he keep on accusing Danny Pringle? Dora. What? Bill is in love with Dora Murrit. Oh, I see. You see what? Well, a your will, you said. That's right. Cutting off Dora. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Leaving the estate, mostly insurance to. Yeah, wait a minute. Really? in love with Dora Minard in spite of the fact that he thought she was going to inherit a million bucks or so or because of it. Oh, now, Dora... didn't Bill have or think he had a good reason for wanting Mrs. Minard out of the way? Oh, now, wait a minute, Dora. Are you saying that Bill Freeze killed Mrs. John Minard to marry Dora and get his hands on insurance? Mm-hmm. It's a possibility, isn't it? If... If what? Well, if Dr. Besson hadn't said that she died of natural causes, mm, He could be wrong, couldn't he? What? Yes, yes, I suppose so. Well, what do you plan to do? Right now, let's forget about murder for a minute. In a way, you've implied... No, no, uh, no, I have implied a thing. I have simply said that as long as Bill Freeze thought Mrs. Minert was going to leave the insurance to her niece, and as long as Bill figured on marrying Dora... Still does, I understand. He had just as much reason for wanting the old lady out of the way as Danny Pringle had. Right? Well, I... I suppose so. Unless... Unless, of course, Bill somehow knew that she had changed her beneficiary. Well, nobody knew about that new will until the day Mrs. Miner died. Not even Dora? Not even Dora. You wouldn't know, after all, if the bulk of her money is in the insurance policy. The or... policy states that the beneficiary is to be the heir to her estate, as specified in her will. I see. She wrote it herself, by the way. Oh? Yep. She'd pecked it out on a typewriter all by herself. Then she'd signed it, had it witnessed by a cleaning woman and her husband, and that was that. Oh, did you, um, check to see if it would hold up in court? Yes, I checked it out with an attorney at company expense. And that will dollar named only Dora. But now there's a new one? Yes, naming Danny Pringle as the sole heir. And it just doesn't make sense. Dora cared for. Her. Nursed her long for years. It was the only person who deserved a thing from Mrs. Miner. So what did she end up with—a slap in the face? Where did you find the new will? Dora found it. Where? In the safety deposit box at the bank. It was listed in both their names. Well, I thought those boxes were automatically sealed when somebody died. Well, Dora dug into it before anyone else knew that her aunt was dead. Oh. Well, it sounds like she was dunning for the old lady's insurance too. Well, could you blame her? She deserved a dollar. Still does. Anyhow, when she, when she found this new will, she was so upset by the way she was cut off with nothing that she she brought it to me and asked what could be done about it. I had to tell her nothing. What I'd like to have done was tell her to burn it up and say nothing about it, because it's wrong, Dolly, It's all wrong. Well, now, don't tell me you're kind of sweet on Dora, too. I am not, but I do believe in justice. Don't you see? Unless this new will is a phony, a forgery, and it isn't, Danny Pringle's going to walk off with over a million dollars. that ought to go to Dora. Unless that knew one was a phony. Where is it, In the hands of an attorney appointed by the court to handle the estate. But when she brought it here to show me, I made a quick photocopy. Would you like to see it? Yes. Yes, I certainly would. All right. Here. And here, here's a stat of the earlier will. Mm-hmm. Yes. Pretty lousy typing, down both of them. I told you, she pecked them out herself. And her fingers were all cramped up with arthritis these past few years. But you can see the typing is the same, including the same repeated errors. It's funny she didn't let Pringle type out this later one for her. After all, that was his job. And as long as she was leaving everything to him... Well, apparently, for, for some reason or other, she wanted to keep it from him, like... At least he claimed he had no inkling she was leaving him everything. Well, that doesn't seem likely, does it? Well, who knows with an eccentric old biddy like her. The point is she made out both wills herself. You see the signatures? Not only hers, but the witnesses match perfectly on both documents. Mm. That's all. These there's witnesses. Um, Marjorie Durkin... John Durkin. Marjorie came in to do that cleaning for her once a week. Not much good, but, uh, after all, Mrs. Miner only paid her two or three bucks a day. Did you ask her uh, if she has an idea why Mrs. Miner made this change? First thing I thought of, Dollar. But well, I found out that the Durkins died about a month ago. Hit and run. Going home one night. Well, hit and huh? When was that, Arnold? November 7th. Mm-hmm. I see. What? Well, it was only a couple of days after this new will was made. It's funny. Well, it's uh, certainly nothing to get suspicious about. Isn't it? It is. Well, what's wrong, well, what you said? That's right. And with them out of the way, nobody can prove they didn't witness a second will. Mm-hmm. Oh, look, if one of these was a phony, there's this last one, but... Ever yeah, look at them? And the police agree—not only the signatures, but even the sloppy typing. And the typing wouldn't be hard to imitate, provided the same machine was used. Now, Harv, Yeah, tell me this. Yeah, Dora. Yeah, did she, by any chance, kind of go for this Danny Pringle? She did not. Those two hated each other. And I told you that she and Bill Freeze are, are practically engaged. Oh, then tell me this. What? Is Dora broken up over the death of her aunt? She is not. She isn't? Now, don't get me wrong, Dollar. She's a nice girl. She started out nursing Mrs. Minot out of pity for her. Started out? Yes. Yeah. And then when the old crow wouldn't let her go, it became more demanding, more abusive, well, I'm sure that Dora would be the first to admit she stayed on in the hope of some reward when Mrs. Minot died. She'd been told about the first will, but she didn't know about the new one. Not until she opened that safe deposit box. Anything else, Charles? That's the whole story. Okay. I guess you're right. There's something very fishy about this whole thing. There certainly is. And with over a million dollars in funds... Maybe this last will is a phony. I don't see how it possibly could be. But if it isn't, if Mrs. Minot was murdered, in spite of what Dr. Besson said, well, it looks as though I have three people to work on, doesn't it? Danny Pringle, Bill Frees, and Dora Minert. I discussed Mrs. Minert's death with the police. And they quickly suggested that instead of wasting their time, I talk with Dr. Hugo Besson. Now, since Mrs. Minert had been alone at the time of her death, he'd been authorized to make a routine autopsy. But his autopsy, the doctor told me, had been far from routine. That is, after he'd found out about a new and completely unexpected will. The result? Mrs. Minnie Minert died of natural causes. Period. End of any question of murder. I drove my rental car over to the Minert Hall, the big old place just off the north end of Bailey, (coughs) Avenue. Fortunately, the only one there when I arrived was Dora Minert, the niece. She was in her late 20s, I'd say, tall, good-looking blonde.
2: Please forgive the dirty apron, Mr. Dollar. It's quite all right. I've been trying to get things straightened out around this old barn now that Aunt has gone. And do you know something? I've been poking around rooms I've never been in before.
1: Well, I thought you'd been taking care of Mr. Miner for some years, Star.
2: Oh, I have. In the mistaken belief, there'd be some recompense for all the... the... All the ones. Oh. I shouldn't talk, Mr. Dollar. I mean, the way I've been thinking. And please don't ask me to talk about Mr. Daniel Pringle. Oh, why not? I'd rather have him tell you how he arranged to have me cut off from her estate. Oh, easy. Oh, he's around. He came out to get some cigarettes. And he'll stay around, too, until things are all settled. Just to make sure I don't walk off with something he doesn't want to give me. Out of the goodness of his heart. As though he had a heart. I uh, told Please, oh. I. I don't want to talk about it. Didn't you ask me how come I haven't seen some of the rooms in this house before? Did I? But look. Look at these keys. A different lock on every room in the house. And she kept these tied to her waist. Kept them to the
1: pillow at night. But you had a key to the safe deposit box.
2: Only because she didn't trust Danny Pringle. And somebody had to be able to go and check on her stock certificates and things. I found the new will folded up in a stock certificate.
1: So that's how I got on the safe deposit box.
2: What? Where was the
1: first will kept?
2: Oh, I think in a file here in this room. I think. Mister Pringle produced it to show the date when the police were here. Do you want to look for it?
1: Is uh, this her in?
2: Oh no, no, that's Mister Pringle's. And if he comes back and finds that I've unlocked the door to this room of his, maybe we'd better leave now. Well, then
1: uh, you don't use this machine.
2: <laughs> Never. He'd have a fit. Besides, this is the first time I've been in here. And isn't this from a mess? But
1: Mrs. Minert could get in.
2: Oh, yes. She told me that she wrote her will on this machine. I mean, the first one that was to leave me everything. But why she had to go and write another, and only after she knew that she was going to die. Perhaps
1: I could tell you why, Dorman. Well, Mr. Pringle, what business have you here in my room? Who is this man? Get out of here, both of you. You afraid we might find something incriminating, Pringle? Incriminating? Don't be absurd. Who are you? Johnny Dollar, special investigator for the insurance company. Oh, here are my credentials. Oh. Oh, I see. Now, of course, I can get a search warrant if necessary. Not at all necessary, Mr. Dollar. Of course not. then you don't mind if I look around? Not at all. Please help yourself. (laughs) I'm... I'm afraid things aren't a bit of a mess, though. I never was too good at filing and that sort of thing. You would going to tell me why Mrs. Minard suddenly decided to leave everything to you. Was I? Well, it was entirely unexpected, I must say. I'll
2: bet it was. Now, Dora... But go ahead, tell him. I'd like to hear it, too.
1: Well, it's really quite simple, Mr. Dollar. I took this job to get what I could out of the old girl. I thought she was richer than she was. I have a certain amount of, well, charm for people like her. It's worked before, and I thought... It has Yes, it has. And I thought it might work with her. You rotten... But scum. it didn't. Nothing could charm that eccentric old crackpot, so I planned to leave her. But then came this last illness, and she became such a pathetic person that, well, out of sheer pity for her, I relented. More than that, I repented.
2: Mr. Dollar, that's the most...
1: Now, just, just wait now, Dora. I believe Mrs. Minot realized how I changed in my feelings toward her, that she appreciated it and that she took this way to show her appreciation. Mr. Dollar, that's a lie. Now, Dora... You
2: know it is, Pringle.
1: Can you prove that? Isn't her new will that you found that I didn't even know about? Isn't that proof that I'm telling the truth? Oh, tell me just one thing, Pringle. Certainly. Could anyone else have used this typewriter of yours? And I'm assuming it's the one used to write those wills. I'm certain that she used my machine, Mr. Dollar. Could anyone else have used it? No. No one else could possibly have come in here. No one else could have used this typewriter except Mrs. Minert, of course, and myself. You're absolutely sure of that? Yes. Examination showed that both wills were typed on it. Therefore, only she could have written a new one. Wrong. What? I saw those wills, the same typographical errors. Well, naturally. The same signatures, exactly the same. I held the photostatic copies up to the light, one on top of the other. The signatures matched perfectly, both of them. Of course. Of course not, Pringle. What are you talking about? It's impossible for anyone to write a signature, even his own name, write it twice exactly the same. Mr. only impossible. Well, you're wrong. You must be we're wrong. Fine. Here. Try it. Now, listen. Not here, even here. your own name. Now, look here. So you a uh, new will naming you as the sole beneficiary. You traced the signatures, both of them. Well, you don't know what you're then talking about. Then you realize that you'd have to get rid of the witnesses. To the first will, John and Marjorie Durkin, so they couldn't deny having signed the second one. They didn't run, huh? I'll bet you ran after you killed them. Yes. Yes, I did. Uh, Mr. Dollar? But you'll never live to tell it. Oh, put that gun down. Over there beside him, Dora. Now, come on, Pringle. You don't think I'd come here alone, do you, without the police? What? All right, Sergeant, here he is for you. Oh, wait, no. That's right, Pringle.
2: What police? What are you talking about?
1: It's the oldest gag in the world, Dora. But amateurs still fall for it. Of his statement to us. Well, I hope they do pin the murder of the Durkin Valley. As for that second will, it can't be genuine simply because of those two sets of absolutely identical signatures. Expense account total, including the fare back to Hartford, $129.30. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. The the better it tastes. And a commander! Welcome aboard! Treat yourself to a pack of new king size Philip Morris Commanders. See what a difference cleaner tobacco makes in your smoking pleasure. You see, Commanders are made on a new machine, the Mark 8 that takes fine, rich tobacco and (laughs) gently vacuum cleans it. What does that mean to you? It means new king-size Philip Morris commanders have the cleanest tobacco ever rolled a cigarette. And the cleaner the tobacco, the better it tastes. Noticeably better. Why don't you try a pack and see for yourself? Welcome Commander!
2: Welcome aboard!
1: Now, here's our star to tell you about next week's story. A first word for radio station WKAT. It's the new CBS Radio-affiliated station in Miami, Florida. We're glad to have them with us on the network, to have them provide the people of greater Miami with a different sound of CBS Radio's outstanding program. Welcome, WKAT. Next week, a storybook murder that suddenly comes true. Join us, won't you? Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Johnny Dollar starring Bob Reddick is written by Jack Johnstone produced and directed by Bruno Zerato Jr. in our cast were Lawson Zerbe as Bobby Chilton Robert Dryden as Pringle Joan Loring as Dora and Larry Haynes as Bill Freeze. Be sure to join us next week same time and station for another exciting story of Yours Truly Johnny Dollar This is our Manic (laughs) Speak A happy habit. Funday through Friday, Arthur Godfrey time on the CBS Radio Network. When can you get a nationally famous new stereo console photograph and a record library for Christmas at half price? When it's Columbia's Christmas bonus special, now featured at Music House 217, King's Highway, Haddonfield, New Jersey. Here's the legitimate $295 value for only one hundred forty-eight eighty-eight. You get a famous Columbia stereo console phonograph with four-speed stereo record changer, long-life diamond needle, famous Columbia CD cartridge and six great speakers in a luxurious decorator-style cap, plus a six-record stereo library featuring famous recording stars, and that's worth $35 itself. By spe- special arrangement with Columbia, Music House at 217 Kings Highway in Haddonfield, New Jersey, is able to offer this $295 value for half price. Only 148.88 for the stereo console and record library. Come into the Music House 217 Kings Highway in Haddonfield soon and collect your Columbia Christmas bonus special. Quantities are limited, and this big bonus value is moving fast. WCAU, WCAU FM, Philadelphia. Major League Baseball in the Sportsarama Spotlight with straight-from-shoulder talk about our national pastime. April 6th, the 1st. Sports program with Red Barber on the CBS Radio Network.